This is Sailor. Welcome to another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. Well, hello, Ed. Hey, Matt. What's going on? Not much. So, it's just the two of us tonight. Kind of strange. My gosh, you're right. Yes. It's I awfully quiet here. Was, something felt a little odd. Yeah. yeah. A little odd, despite the intro. A little odd, yes. But, uh, you know, Sailor, unfortunately, is not here tonight. She is out spreading the whiskey love to all points of the compass, as she does uh, better than anyone we know. So it is just the two of us tonight. And uh, what in the ever-loving hell are we talking about, Ed? Well, tonight we will be discussing a band that is very near and dear to me, a band called Quiet Riot, who has the first... Uh, the distinction, rather, of being the first metal band to have an album in the Billboard Top 200. And that album, of course, was 1983's Metal Health. And um, we're going to have a little mini-battle tonight. The two of us, uh, Metal Health against 1984's Condition Critical. little little mini battle we'll see if i share ed's sentiments or if we uh we butt heads which we do sometimes on the show perfectly normal perfectly okay um so i feel like it's been a while since we recorded i feel like i haven't seen you or talked to you in quite some time anything new going on um anything new going on well i i made an very interesting acquisition Ooh. um I still haven't tried it yet, but I've got a buddy who was, uh, you know, his his mother's moving into assisted living, so he's cleaning out her basement, and um, he says, Ed, I got something for you here. I was cleaning out my mom's basement, and he hands it to me, and I see this, like, it's like a statuette. It's like this Elvis bust, and I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool, <laughs> but then he turns it around. Check this out. And um, it's actually a decanter. Oh. And it, uh, I, I'm going to have to do some research and find out when this actually is. If it's like, I'm assuming it would have to be from the very late 70s or possibly the early yeah, 80s. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how wide is the decanter? 
I mean, it definitely like, has to be after his death because it gives his years, you know, his birth and death date. Well, what I mean is, like, the, what what Elvis is it? Is it, like, Las Vegas Elvis? Who's, yes. like, overweight? Or, okay. <laughs> or, yeah. I was going to say, but, like, early is, like, but it's 50, just his 60s head. Elvis. It's just his head. Yeah. Okay. And it's got his, yeah. his big, like, his big white collar, but he's not wearing the sunglasses. Okay. Okay. But later, Elvis. Yeah. You got, That's he's pretty got the cool. sideburns and everything. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. And, you know, the way this decanter is, it's like a square base. And the um, the cork opening is like, it's on an angle. And to pour this thing is like, there was, there was still bourbon left in it. I, I oh, almost, you know, cool. I buried the lead there. Um, there was still bourbon in there. And, you know, it was... The opening was maybe two inches above the bottom, so I'm yeah. like, you know, this this can't be that much left in there. I, I was thinking maybe six ounces or so. So I got off a few little two ounce bottles, and I'll just decay. I'll put it in here, and you know, just portion it out. So first of all, pouring this thing was awkward as hell, <laughs> and I was it was like going all over the place, and like, oh shoot, you know, this, yeah, you know, I don't want to waste this. This is like rare stuff. So. I finally got a big bottle and a funnel and I start decanting this into this big bottle and it kept going and going and going. And I got pretty much about 90% of a 750 milliliter bottle, at least out of that wow. thing. I couldn't believe now you said there was bourbon. Now you said there was bourbon in there when you, when you acquired this, right? Yes. I wonder what that was. So it's from a McCormick distillery. Okay. This is from Missouri and it says it's four year old bourbon in there but um i still haven't tried it yet i'm kind of yeah i'm gonna do a little i was toying around with doing a little tasting video of it Ooh, my initial you should. impressions yeah you should that might it. be kind of fun but i'd love I, to see a picture of this yeah i'll have yeah. I'll to show you a picture of the bottle the bottle is dark i couldn't believe how dark it is and like for a four-year-old bourbon so i don't know what they did back in the day to make it that dark yeah uh yeah it was pretty pretty wild well, I'm at a picture of the decanter. I want to see a picture of that. Well, I'll give you a picture of that. Yeah. For sure. Very cool. How about you? Um, I, I heard there was a little, uh, I don't know, a little weather disturbance in your area recently. There, were, there was a slight weather disturbance, yeah. And, you know, I discussed it uh, you know, briefly. Anyone who listens to our sister podcast, Wrestling With Respect, which I host, Talked about it a little bit, um, but yeah, we uh, were, you know, a ball hair away from having a Category 5 hurricane hit us here in South Florida. Uh, obviously, the Bahamas were not so lucky, um, so I, we should be counting our lucky stars that we didn't get hit with this storm because obviously it did some great damage in the islands there, and uh, we got plenty of leftover booze. We stocked up to the nines, man. We got stocked, stocked up to the nines, and as as I mentioned on the other podcast, um, you know, Labor Day Monday, we were all home here, and you know, I pretty much started on the bottle, pretty much right from after breakfast, and I don't think I stopped drinking till I went to bed yeah. that night. <laughs> There's literally nothing to do. I mean, all the windows are boarded up, all the doors are boarded up. There's really no natural light coming in, so it's just watching the weather and drinking some. Some whiskey, some some rum, some beer, you know. All right. Spending some Sounds good quality like good time, time with the fam. Yeah. There you go. But, uh, yeah, definitely counting our lucky stars that, uh, you know, it was what it was. 
yeah. and not something more serious. Um, yeah, you guys dodged a bullet. Yeah, we dodged a serious bullet. Serious bullet. Um, so speaking of drinking, uh, what do you what do you uh, what do you got in your glass tonight? Well, I do have something that I am glad I stumbled across. It probably wouldn't be something I would normally buy, uh, but I got it at a fifty percent off clearance sale at the store. And it normally priced around $35 and I got it for about 16 bucks. Oh, so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, this is, I'm going to try this at this price. All right. So, uh, it is IW Harper, the hmm. regular straight bourbon whiskey. Okay. Not the 15 year, which, you know, I guess people look for, which is around 90 bucks. Is that but, the one in that like fancy square, squarish bottle with like the square glass top or? I think, the, I think else. the 15 year, I think, is what you're describing. It's the 15 year, but this is just a normal, standard looking bottle. Yeah. The regular uh, straight bourbon whiskey. But man, I dig this, man. I think this is right up your, this would be right up your alley, too, if you ever okay. got a chance to try this. Um, just very creamy mouthfeel, a lot of honey on the palate. Uh, gives you a little bit of a kick on the back end, but it dissipates very quickly. Uh, something that, at $17, I could drink a lot of this stuff. You know, I don't know if I would actually buy it at regular price, 35, 36 bucks, but 17, I'm all in on this. So I'm oh, glad yeah. I picked it up. I'm glad I picked it up. I might go back and pick up a couple more bottles before it's all gone. Um, Cause I think the guy told me they have five or six cases left. So, Oh man. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, if it's still at that price, go pick up yourself and you know, another couple bottles. For the <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, you it's it you know exceeded my expectations so it's um it is uh it i couldn't find any information as far as where it's distilled uh hmm. where the juice is distilled it is aged at stitzel weller and it's a blend of i believe uh four to 15 or 20 year bourbons so there is some old juice in there which is good um yeah, and it's actually bottled in Tullahoma, Tennessee. So it's aged in Kentucky and bottled in Tennessee. Okay. Uh, but as far as where it's actually distilled, I don't know. I okay, find so I.W. Harper is an NDP then, right? Non-distilling producer? I get Yeah, non-distilling producer, correct. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. Learned something yeah. new. And what are you drinking? I am drinking... This was actually a Christmas present from my oldest daughter, and um, it has engraved on the bottle. It's, it was pretty pretty cool. Um, Merry Christmas for to my hero dad. You know, that was very sweet. Yeah. So I've been sitting on this, waiting. You know, I'm like, I got to just open this up. You know, I can, I can keep the bottle. Yeah, damn, know, man. It's been but I got to drink, drink the juice inside. <laughs> yeah. So got a bottle. This is a, uh, a Knob Creek. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, small batch, uh, 100 proof. And, um, I know it was, didn't we have, wasn't the knob Creek with like the one, the, the anthrax pick that we had. Yes. Yeah. Earlier? It was a, I think that was a single barrel. That was a single barrel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was like yeah. 120 proof or whatever. Yeah. It but, was good. uh, yeah, everything I think that, uh, this is bringing back a lot of memories to that. <laughs> now, granted, it's slightly lower proof. It's not as hot. But, but consistent. Yeah. Got a lot of the same same notes in there. 
just toned down a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm getting, you know, got that cinnamon and a little bit of uh, vanilla going on there and some, oh gosh. Yeah, I'm getting some baking spices on here. It's, yeah, it's a really nice, nice supper. Um, yeah, and I think these is pretty reasonably priced too. I know I've seen like about $25 bottle. This is something I would keep on hand for sure. Yeah, I don't think, I'm, you know, honest, to be honest with you, I don't know. And if I have had it, it's been probably well over a decade. I don't actually know if I've ever had that just neat by itself. I know I've had it plenty in cocktails. Sure. Um, you know, I, you know, if a bar has it, usually that's what I'll go to because it is 100 proof. But um, yeah, I, don't, I, I would have to really rack, rack my memory to it's, see if to remember if I've had it. You know, I have had this before, but it's been like you say, probably a decade at least yeah. since the last time I've had this. And you know, I remember thinking it was okay, but now um, I really, really like this. There you go. Um, yeah, that I just, didn't. Yeah, yeah. I, from like I said, from what I remember, um, you know, I said it was just okay at the time, but now. Um, I don't know if maybe it's as grown on me or maybe I had the lower proof version of it. That could be too. Well, the... that the, the knob, the, the regular knob is a hundred proof. That's their standard. That's their standard offering. Oh, there isn't like a lower, like an 86 or something like that. No, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. As far as I know. Yeah. That's their standard. All right. Uh, their standard offering, which like I said, is nice because you know, if a bar has it, that's what I'm, you know, I'm getting in my bourbon cocktail, usually. Okay. Oh, speaking of trying something neat for the first time, I just, I had, I had, uh, I just had a taste for Jack Daniel, a uh, Jack and Coke. You know, because so I went out and bought myself some Jack Daniels and some of those little mini cans of Coke, and had some, and then that I got to thinking, you know what, Jack Daniels was my gateway into the whiskey world. That's the one that kind of sucked me in. But I've never had it neat. The closest I've ever had it neat to is was on the racks. But I've never actually just had it straight. So I'm gonna sit down, gave myself a pour, tried it, and oh my gosh. I've heard people talking about bananas and bananas foster. Now I get it. Now you get it. Now I get it. It was straight up bananas. It was and it was a lot better than I thought it would be, too. Just I mean fact i really really liked it i was surprised i know a lot of people hate on it but man i was actually impressed yeah i think there's a lot of unwarranted hate for it for some reason i don't you know i don't i don't know why but i don't know you know it's a consistent it's a consistent it's it's consistently well made you know so i don't know why I don't know why. And some of their higher higher offerings, you know, their single barrel or their barrel proof stuff. Um, their barrel proof single barrel oh my is, gosh. is fantastic. That's phenomenal. I have one of those, yeah. man. And mm-hmm. Dude. Yeah. it's You just can't compare the two. Yeah. So shit on all you want. They know what they're doing over there. So yep. they've been doing it for a long time. So anyway, so that's right. what we're drinking tonight. All 
All right, so I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention that, uh, you know, we usually record on Wednesdays and happens to be that we are recording today, which is 9-11, although the show will be released, um, you know, on the 18th probably. Uh, But we are recording on 9-11, and, you know, we should really mention it because it's, I mean, what can I say? It's 9-11, and, you know, anybody who's anybody remembers where they were, how they felt, who they were with when um, those terrible events went down that completely changed the course of history, of American history and world history, really. Um, So, you know, not to bring the show down a couple pegs, but I think it would be important that we mention that, at least here. Uh, I remember where I was. um, I was a junior in high school. Second period gym class. Uh, and that's when we found out and we weren't given any other information other than that a plane hit the world trade center. That was it. Not what size plane, not that it was mm-hmm. part of a huge planned attack. Um, simply that a plane had accidentally quote unquote flown into the world trade center. Um, we were, you know, we weren't told to go home to be with our families. We had to stay in school and only until about four o'clock you know, when we actually got home from school, we had found out the severity of everything that happened and we were catching up, um, on the day's events, uh, not seeing them live and just finding out how monumentally, uh, terrible the day was. Um, so it hit us pretty quick, but, uh, you know, Ed being a Chicagoan, uh, I'm just curious to hear, just take two minutes, just, you know, where you were, what you felt, you know, the whole nine yards on that day. Well, yeah, I, of course, being a, you know, a morning and on a weekday, I was at work. Um, I work in a, uh, in a building downtown Chicago. Um, I just remember it was at first it was just like, just like you described it. We had heard that, I think it was my wife, it was my wife called me and said, uh, you know, there were a plane crashed into the world trade center or something like that. So that's kind of weird. You know, it's like, been didn't think much of it except, you know, I, you know, I hope there aren't too many people hurt or whatever. You know, at first I was thinking it's got to be an accident, probably a small little plane, you know, hitting mm-hmm. the building yep. or whatever, you know. But, uh, but then as the day went on, of course, um, more and more details came out. And um, as um, I think it was someone I worked with said something about it and all of a sudden everybody started, you know, turning on the news, um, on their, on their computers. And, and we kind of watched everything unfold throughout the rest of the day. And by the time we got a couple hours into it, everyone had stopped working. Yeah. I mean, that was it. No one was getting anything done. Everyone was focused on the news. And then they said, okay, then all of a sudden, it became a big, like all the major cities started, you know, saying building management was telling us, you know, we're doing all these security protocols or whatever, and everyone's free to go home. And I, I know I left early that day, you know, the trains were packed. Everyone was, it was just kind of a mass exodus yeah, out of Chicago that day. Um, but yeah, a long time ago, um, I think it's been 18 years already. And, and my youngest, youngest kids are 18, my twins. And I'm thinking, cause at first I was thinking about, um, 
like, I wonder what their memories of it was. And like, well, they wouldn't have any memories. <laughs> they were no, less they than wouldn't. a year no. old. And that's the so. thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same with any event like this, where as time goes on, you have an entire generation of people who were born, you know, who are either babies then who don't remember anything happening or were born after that. And they're only learning about it from the ceremonies on the day of or from their parents or from history books in school. Um, and, you know, I have a four-year-old son, and today was the first time that I actually said something to him about how important this day was. Obviously, he can't grasp the details of it. He can't grasp right. uh, why something like this would happen. Um, you know, the the gruesome details of it, obviously, I'm not going to tell him now at four years old, but I can. I told him the importance of the day. I said, today is very important. Uh, say a prayer say the Pledge of Allegiance, just that's it, you know, and he did both of those. So I can stress to him the importance of this day and down the line, get into the details of it. Sure. Um, I mean, I am I would rather have him hear it from me than have to read it in a book. Uh, but I think that that's important that we pass that on to people who weren't here when that happened. I mean, and like you said, you, got, you have kids who weren't born when this happened. So crazy stuff, man, crazy stuff. Uh, never gets any easier as the years go by, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah. Especially if you, uh, if you experienced it. So yep. more, more than just, uh, an, a chapter in a history book for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's, uh, let's put that to bed for right now. Let's, uh, get back to what we do here best. And that's, uh, talk about music. All right, and as I said earlier, we are discussing the group Quiet Riot and their two albums, Metal Health and Condition Critical. So, okay, now, Quiet Riot was one of my introductory metal bands. Now, my basic introductory metal bands, I would say, are Quiet Riot, Rat, Twisted Sister, and Def Leppard. I mean, those are probably my introduction to what, um, at the time, was considered metal Mm -hmm. music. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because obviously I wasn't around then, but, um, you know, Quiet Riot was it was they were formed in Los Angeles, 1973 as a heavy metal band, mm-hmm. an American heavy metal band. Now, obviously, at this time, 73, you still have all the big British heavy metal bands, um, you know, Sabbath, Zeppelin. Um, as far as American metal bands go at in 1973, were there many? That you could consider heavy, heavy metal? Well, in 1973, I was three years old, so I really wasn't into the metal scene at the time. (laughs) No, I know, but I'm saying, like, all the ones you just mentioned before, Twisted Sister, I mean, you would figure that they were formed later on. So I'm just trying to think if there were any, like, real American metal bands. American metal, because Death Lover, of course, was British, so you had Quiet Riot was American, Twisted Sister was American. But even Twisted Sister, I don't think they were really... 
uh, metal at the beginning. Well, we've done a whole episode on that, and uh, yes, we can. I don't want to rehash that whole discussion again, but yeah. Um, yeah but as far as um, on the American scene, um, oh, well, did we have? We had. Um, I think metal k- kind of was more uh, born out in the in Europe. Yeah, it was a with new Motorhead. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like I don't, I can't think of anybody at in '73 that was American formed. You know, I mean, you want bands yeah. that are more like um, maybe a little more hard rock, like the Guess Who, you know, yeah. American Woman. Um, but yeah, it's uh, well, Kiss was one of the very early. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll give you, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you a kiss as much as I hate them. I'll give you a kiss. Yeah. That you got, you yeah. got to give credit where credit is due <laughs> yeah, here. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could tell how I put them out of my mind. Usually 24 <laughs> seven. Um, someone's going to yell at me because I know I have a few friends that listen to the show who are huge. I don't know, kiss heads. I guess if you want to call them that, I don't know what kiss they call army. me. Army kiss, uh, kiss army. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I like kiss heads better. Kiss heads. Kiss heads. <laughs> kiss heads. Kiss asses. You know, whatever. So yeah, I mean, um, you know, I'm kind of, you know, Ed and I are, you know, several years apart and from two different generations of metal, and uh, I always, you know, we'll get into this when we talk about the albums here, but. Uh, I always viewed Quiet Riot as sort of a a one trick pony, uh, you know, to, for obvious reasons. I mean, you could probably guess why I feel that way. Um, and I was, you know, without getting too deep into our conversation about the albums yet, I, I, I was going into this hoping that they would change my mind since I don't really have a lot of exposure to their other material other than the obvious. Um, and you just have to wait a few minutes to see how I feel about these albums and how about this band as a whole. But yeah, very, very opposite end of the spectrum as far as my introduction to them and my exposure to them. Uh, you know, about around this time, as I mentioned, I'm listening, you know, bands around this time. It's, you know, ACDC, Led Zeppelin, well, Black Sabbath. There's another one right there. Well, ACDC, oh, they're not they're, Australian. They're yeah. not, that's right. Yeah. As American. True. Okay, I get. All right. Well, I just thought of another one. Stupid, fucking obvious. Aerosmith, but they're oh, not really heavy metal. Go. They're they're not really heavy metal though. They're hard rock. They they're hard rock. Yeah. Yeah. But all right. Before we uh, discuss our first album, Metal Health, let's play a little selection from that. Okay, very cool. Uh, so, Metal Health, yeah, released in 1983, um, and uh, the lineup for this album was Kevin Dubrow on lead vocals, Carlos Cavazzo on guitars, uh, Rudy Sarzo on bass, and Frankie Benali on drums. And you know, although Randy Rhodes, uh, who we hold in very high esteem on this. Uh, on this show, absolutely. For obvious reasons, we've talked about him in depth on several episodes, going back to uh, the Ozzy episodes and then the Greatest League Guitarist episodes. 
Um, you know, this is, I believe this is their first album without him, I believe. Um, yes, I believe it is. Yes. Um, um, but anyway, um, obviously the, the big hits off of this album were, you know, uh, the Slade uh, cover, co- the cover of Slade's Come On, Feel the Noise, and um, Metal Health. <laughs> Bang your head was were the two big ones, but I got to tell you, I as much as I was a big fan of Quiet Riot back in the day, um, I didn't actually have their albums, but I do. I although I do have a, a greatest hits album on there, and I was listening to this album, and you know, I was just felt like a teenager again when I was listening <laughs> to this. Bringing it back, I had Bring it going. Back. I was mowing the lawn, listening to this, jamming. To it, man. I, I just felt, you know, instantly I was transported back to, you know, fifteen-year-old Ed, you know, sitting in his bedroom with his jam box. Um, yeah, just good times. I love this, love this album. Um, and a big surprise. There's a song on here, "Slick Black Cadillac." I don't know how this wasn't one of the top songs from this album. Because to me, this is this is right up there with um, the hits. And I listen listen to this that song. I probably listened to it three or four times on repeat after I heard it the first time. I just loved it. Um, was curious to to hear your impressions of the album. Um, you know, obviously, first of all, you know, come on, feel the noise. That's like probably one of my top five favorite rock songs of all time. Just from a, a sing-along aspect, from just a fun aspect of what a metal song should be um, as far as, you know, everything. Heaviness, great guitar solo, uh, great vocals, sing-songiness to it. Uh, something that can really get a crowd pumped up. I had the fucking song played at my wedding. That's how much I hold it. That's how much. That's how much <laughs> nice. I love it, dude. That's how much I love it. Um, you know, as far as like what you, I guess what you would consider arena rock songs, it, it's it's in the top three. I mean, you know, you can't you can't discount how big of a song that that is. Bang your head. It's got kind of the same, um, the same style. Mm-hmm. Not as big as a hit, obviously. I think it only peaked at number thirty-one, whereas I think "Come On, Feel the Noise" was in the top five uh, singles when it was released. But um, you know, after that, there are some good songs on there, but nothing that blows me away. Let's get crazy. That was another one. That was a big one. Let's get crazy. Day too. Good song. I like "Loves a Bitch." I think that's a great. Oh yeah, song. that's another good. Yeah. One. Uh, "Loves a Bitch." I agree with you on "Slick Black Cadillac." But there's still just a, a chasm there between those two songs at the top and then everything else. Um, and there's really nothing I felt that came, you know, in tracks three through ten that closed that gap enough mm-hmm. uh, to keep me super interested in listening to the rest of the album. Now, I wanted to just pivot real quick and go to the album cover. Because uh, I think the album cover oh, is man. pretty iconic. This is one of the most badass album covers. What I love about it, it, it's it's as I like to say on this show when we talk about album covers, signs of the times definitely. Um, it evokes a little Iron Maiden to me, which I kind of like. 
but it's also very simple. It's not mm-hmm. it's not crazy like you get into some of those mid eighties like Ozzy albums. Like album of Ozzy, yeah. Yeah. Or Dio yeah. albums where the where it's just uh-huh. uh, metaphor upon metaphor upon metaphor and it's just crazy silly album art. Um it's just it's cool, it's metal, and it's simple, which I yep. love. I love. Yep. And then we're gonna see that on the next album too, because it's a very similar album cover and they kind of continue that theme of you know the straight jacket and all that stuff so um but yeah i mean you know pivoting back to the music top you know the two songs for me everything else is like two or three pegs below those two tracks good music in there but it's just not it just doesn't hold water to the other to the two songs at the top for me all right so that was metal health and now the next album Condition critical. Okay, Condition Critical was released a year later in 1984. And you have any other information about it? Uh, like you said, released in 1984. Um, it did actually, um, you know, despite it not holding up to its predecessor as far as uh, charting goes, it did actually still sell over a million copies, um, which is pretty impressive for an album coming off the heels of probably your biggest album. Um, you know, a million copies it did peak at number 15. Uh, what I love and I still haven't figured out if it. I assume it's a negative review, uh, but Rolling Stone gave it an infamous two-word review, calling it condition terminal. Mm. <laughs> so I assume that's negative review. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds negative to me. <laughs> it sounds yeah. <laughs> but, but I wouldn't uh, be. I wouldn't hate on this album so much. Not uh, not at all. Um, yeah, I know they they. They were big Slade fans. I know I read that. And, you know, yeah. as seen that they did cover a couple of their songs, Come On, Feel the Noise, on the previous album. On this album, they covered the song Mama, We're All Crazy Now, which until I was researching this this album, I had no idea that that was also another uh, Slade cover. Slade cover, yeah. Right. But, uh, yeah, of course, that that's, you know, probably the biggest uh, hit off of this this album and of course with also with party all night that was and i watched the video for that party all night oh my gosh that was hilarious i watched several of the videos for this if, if, i don't know if you've done that but you gotta go and watch it it's again sign of the times early i remember seeing some of these on mtv it's, it's just fun um and they really really uh capitalize on that uh that mask in yes, all of they their do. videos yes, they do. too Yes, they do. Um, they keep they're keeping it consistent, at least yes. from the previous album, as far as artwork goes. Now, um, win- yeah, and "Winners Take All" was a big, was kind of a ballad um, that I I I like. Um, "Scream and Shout" was another pretty decent one. Um, "Condition Critical." Um, again, this is an album. I it almost seems like these two could have been recorded at the same time. And then they just decided decided to divide up the songs and release one on an album one year and the 
the other songs on another album the next year. I could certainly see that because there's not a lot of progression as far as sound goes. Right. Um, and the one thing uh, I, I wanted to mention, just one thing before I got into my take on this album, um, Slade is not a name that you hear too often, <laughs> but they are, they have been mentioned by several, several bands as being highly influential. Um, you know, bands from, uh, you know, we mentioned quite right. Kiss, Motley Crue, Poison, Def Leppard, mm-hmm. uh, even to Nirvana and the Smashing Pumpkins and a lot of those nineties alt bands, they all, uh, cite Slade as being a huge influence, uh, to their sound and the way they go about their music. And it's, I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, cause like I said, Slade's not a name that you, right. you hear too often, you no. know? Yeah. Uh, pivoting back. Um, I'm with you, Ed, on the fact that you said that this could have easily been two albums broken up or one album broken into two, um, just to get more length out of the music, I guess. But the one huge thing that this album is missing is that one song, that one or two songs that just catapults it to a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, Metal health at least has that going for it. Sure. Um, and it's got two of those songs and it's got two of them. And I'm right at the top. Yes. Um, so like I said, despite that chasm that I felt in the first album, at least you have that, little bit that carries it over on this album i just couldn't get into this album um again catchy songs great solos um you know dubrow in a nutshell very underrated vocalist man very underrated metal vocalist um the guy's got some good pipes on him and he and he uses them well on every song that he records um you know great harmonies they're known Mm -hmm. for their harmonies um for me, the standout track on this is the title track. I think Condition Critical is a good song. Um, for me, that would be the one that stood out the most to me. I mean, I could take or leave any, anything else on this album. It was just, I was hoping, like I said at the beginning, uh, that there was something in here that would make me think that they weren't a one-trick pony. Uh, and at least listening to these two albums, I feel... I still feel the same way as I did going into this. Unfortunately, uh, there were a couple of little surprises in there, but at the end, I still just feel like one trick pony. That's now, just I, me, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do feel like that this album is uh, lacking, only rel- relative to the other one, a little bit um, for some of the reasons you said, like. Um, Quiet Riot has, um, I'm sorry, Mental Health has two, I mean, not only their their best, two of their best songs, but two of the best metal songs of the era yeah, on it. And in, 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 in history, I mean, really, yeah. if you want to go out that far, oh, I, w- sure. I would be willing to go out that far, yes. Yeah. But I don't think the chasm for me is quite as large as it is for you. I mean, Mama, We're All Crazy Now, I think is a great song, Party All Night, a great song um even winners take all i've really i really dig that one and condition critical of course like you said um so yeah a lot of good songs on here i enjoyed this whole album um but you know i still have to uh you know defer to metal health when it comes to um you know putting one over the top um so i mean and it's and you know if we're making the vote now 
I agree with you. I'd have to go with Metal Health out of these two albums. Yeah. For that, all things being equal, they have the two huge tracks on that, and it's like you can't. And Slickback Black Cadillac, which and I just back, that's, yeah. So I mean, there, and, and there were I more. I still can't get over that one. And there were more sleepers for me on that album as well. If I had to pick yeah. a sleeper on that album, um, yeah, that was so, a I mean, sleeper. Yeah, I mean, this oh, this is an easy. <laughs> this is an easy battle. <laughs> all right. Say, who says they all have to be tough? It's true, man. It's true. It's true. I mean, you can see all we right. have differing opinions on the band, but at least we agree that one album is better than the other, you know? Yeah, I would own both albums. In fact, I probably will. Um, but uh, yeah, I would definitely, as far as picking a winner, I, I agree with you. We'd have to say Metal Health is definitely our winner. Yeah, and uh, I think I'm just going to stay with those two songs on my my iphone as far as in my mix goes i don't think i'll be adding anything anytime soon maybe slick maybe i'll add slick black cadillac i do kind of like that song too. Oh, yeah. yeah maybe i'll add that after we get off here but uh yeah that's it metal health wins man all right yeah um that was a kind of a cool discussion fairly yeah. quick just for fairly the two quick. of us yeah we got down um, to business pretty quick yeah podcasting without a net tonight there you go <laughs> kind of doing this off the cuff it's been fun yeah we miss sailor um, though yeah we do yeah so uh you know as always listeners we hope you enjoyed ed and myself going back and forth for a little while about quiet riot a few other things thanks for sticking around as always um you can find us on instagram of course and on twitter as metal rock whiskey and we also have a super cool facebook group that you should come and join um, because there's a lot of good people there, and we uh, we want you to join, so come join. Uh, and that would be under Spirit of Rock Podcast on Facebook. You, of course, can follow us individually on Instagram. You can find Sailor at Sailor Retro on all the social medias. You can find me at The Whiskey Obsessor. That is Whiskey Save the E, Ed. And they can find me on Instagram at Bourbon Geek. And uh, hey, listeners, if you love us or even just like us, please, we ask you to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast uh, feed you happen to use because it really does help us out. Um, Give us a review as well, too. That really does help us. And, of course, don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of Metal Rockin' Whiskey. And if I may say so, fuck you, Lars. Later, everyone. God bless America. I love you more than my girl.